he goes, I'd love to have the three hundred fifty or the seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, but I don't need it. And I'd rather have my quality of life, my connection with my wife and my daughter. I'm going to tell you that nothing's changed except I think the world's gotten lazy, mm -hmm. complacent and samey. We always hear authenticity matters, but the mm -hmm. people who are professing authenticity are fake as hell. We've got hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. Go to contentsprofit.com and join the community, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Short and sweet today. Short I, and sweet. I actually Fast like and it. Fast and furious scene. Yeah, yes. I, I like this I, intro right I was now. thrown out for a second in there. If you want to know more, just connect with us. Hey. Fonzie, what are we talking about today? Tell me, tell today me, Today we're talking all about building your platform, amplifying your message, and building your own empire. You will not believe Ooh. who is behind the third mic today, guys. It's gonna be incredible. Just gonna put that out there. Uh, but before we get started, Fonzie, do we have a sponsor today? Indeed we do. Thank you for asking you, sir. And today's sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros. Let's go, let's yes, go. Yes, we sponsor our own podcast That's with right. Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, if you produce a long-form piece of content, just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you need a plug-and-play team to maximize your efforts and create lots of assets so let's you can share it all over social media, we are here mm. to help you out. So slide in the DMs at BizBrosco on Facebook, on Instagram. That was beautiful, Fancy. That was beautiful. Hey, Appreciate go ahead it. and follow the show too because every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, the audio is dropping on your phone, on your favorite platform with incredible value, golden boulders, like we call them here, for you to take action in your life and business to move everything forward. So that excited. is right. Yes. That is absolutely right. And if today's guest help you move one step closer towards mm. your goal, please don't forget to share this episode because you might be doing the exact same thing for somebody else. And and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Special episode alert. Today, we have a business royalty in the house. One of the most impressive entrepreneurs we've had on Content is Profit to date. You better get a pen and paper, as today's guest will help you build your own empire. That is right. Today's guest is a serial entrepreneur, angel investor, 13-time best-selling author, a judge on entrepreneur.com's elevator pitch TV show, a total media yes. master. Yes. Yes. But most importantly, he's here to help you take the right steps when it comes to growing your business and sharing your message. He has been educating, entertaining, and inspiring business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives for nearly three decades. Yes, he is the real deal. He has consulted and advised people like Tony Robbins, Paula Abdul, and Jordan Belfort, aka The Waffle. What's it? I'm just going to throw this out there. Mm. Three decades. That's, that's more. My, that's my. That's my. Age. Yeah, that's, 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 that out there. Yeah. You know, so Woo. the amount of experience we're getting yeah, to in the show is absolutely Let's amazing. Go. Let's go. Without further ado, please welcome the media master himself and soon to be content is profit hall of famer, Mike Kinnick. Hey boys, how you doing? Oh, we're doing so good, Mike. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It's nice to be here. I love working with young entrepreneurs like you guys who are just great hustlers. And uh, and so let's get the show on the road. What can we do to make uh, everyone's dreams come true? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, I think, Mike, like a, a great place to start, right, is a little bit of, of you. Like, who are you? Uh, you know, you came from a small town into a big city at some point, right? Like, like can you can you walk us through, like, the why of what you're doing today, right? Because you've been in this industry for quite a while now. You've you've seen many things. You've seen the evolution, right? But that first like little bug that you know got you. What what was it? Well, um, you know the real honest answer is I grew up in a very small town in Minnesota, Eagle Lake, Minnesota, which is about two hours south of Minneapolis. And I'm the oldest of four kids. My dad was a barber. And I didn't know what leverage was at the time, but I instinctively knew my dad didn't have it because he got mm -hmm. up every day like a clock. He cut hair. He came home. He was tired and getting my dad's attention and being able to do something. You know, like the, our idea of a vacation was 
go up north in the back of it, riding in the back of a pickup truck, um, going fishing for a week. And that's what happened once a year. You know, that was, mm. <laughs> and <clears throat> so growing up in Minnesota, where the winters are extraordinarily cold, I never liked the winter. I didn't mm -hmm. like being lower middle class and poor. I didn't like uh, living in a small town. I didn't get it. Yeah. And so I wanted, if someone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd be, I want to be warm first and rich. And so um, I was never good at school, horrible student. I, you know, like the minute I sit down in a classroom, I'm asleep and it's always been that way. <laughs> so um, I'm either making trouble or I got to be the one entertaining the audience. Yeah. So I, um, I taught myself how to program when I was 14 years old. I was really interested in movies and video games and audio. So I taught myself how to produce music and audio. Wow. Um, ended up connecting with a filmmaker when I was young, but yeah. I was writing video games at an early age. And that led to starting a digital marketing agency. We started one of the first in the world. It was called Digital Cafe. Wow. We started in 1989, sold it in 99 to a publicly traded company. But along the way, the my first... I married my high school sweetheart. We went through a divorce because I was just busy all the time. I was focused mm -hmm. on my business and not her. So as I like to say, my first business cost me my first uh, marriage. And my second and third businesses nearly cost me my life and my, my second marriage. And my relationship with my son, my yeah. only son. So <clears throat> as time went on, I learned direct response marketing. Um, I started marketing on the internet back in when there wasn't practically no internet we were doing stuff on america online and prodigy and apple link and delphi i mean channels some people have never even heard of yeah uh, but we started picking up clients like 20th century fox and sony um doing early movie promotions and some yeah. of the first uh websites for movies and film and after we sold that business uh, my partner and i made a feature film and got it distributed by warner brothers but every step of the way, I struggled with the same thing everyone else struggles, which is scaling, managing uh, clients, managing a team, paying our bills, getting paid, filling our calendar with qualified customers, just like struggle, struggle. Yeah. yeah. And um, when I got introduced to direct response marketing and online marketing, I ended up meeting some of the original OGs and they became friends of mine, like Jeff Walker and uh, mm. Frank Kern and Mike Phil same at the time, Andy Jenkins and some of the second and third generation guys like Brendan Burchard and, and Russell Brunson, who we used to promote each other's stuff, get on each other's, um, you know, get involved in each other's launches and all that kind yeah. of thing. I, there's a lot of other steps in between, but yeah. at least that'll get you a little bit that, uh, moving forward until we talk about cancer and you know, <laughs> managing life in general. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Thank you so much for the timeline for yeah. sharing. Yeah, I think it is important for people to understand right where you're coming from, especially uh, so so they can relate. Right. I mean, a lot of people, they might be like, man, I'm stuck in that place right now where I'm managing clients or I'm managing a team and I might be just working in the business instead of working on the business that I think is so, so important to share these stories, right? So people can relate to them. And I love the fact that you talk about their response marketing. That was our entry point into the online world as well. And I remember uh, when we had our previous conversation where you were like, oh, I saw you had Rich on your <laughs> podcast, right? And, you know, Rich Schaefer, and he's somebody that we look up to, very excited. Yeah. Uh, also Todd Brown, incredible people. So for those out there, direct response marketing is a skill that you need to learn for sure, right? You need to start educating yourself. Yeah. Um, let's go a little bit that way. I'm curious on, for you, what was it that called your attention about direct response marketing, right? And why is it so important in this world of media, right? Multimedia, when we're creating so much content and getting in front of other people's. Well, I think the, the first thing is if you learn how to write a great sales letter, and these days the sales letter doesn't mean like sales copy, but it can mean a great video. It can mean an email. But if you put that in front of the right person, you can make any dream you have come true. 
you can enroll someone like if if a thousand dollars is a lot of money to you well getting a thousand dollars is easy if ten thousand dollars is a lot to you getting ten thousand dollars is easy a hundred thousand two hundred fifty thousand dollars even a million dollars or more and what i was intrigued with so this goes back uh a while but like in 1985 or 84 Congress made it possible to do something called long format video on television, which is basically an infomercial. Yeah. Before then, you could do a 30 second or up to, I think, maybe a 90 second commercial, but it became possible that you could run a 30 minute infomercial. And one of the first people who did that um, was a guy named Joe Sugarman. Later on, Tony Robbins started doing it. Um, And Joe Sugarman sold something called blue blocker sunglasses, which basically are glasses that kept out the blue light from the sun. But the mm-hmm. way he did it is he he took a film crew on Venice Beach and he walked along and handed people glasses and caught their reaction shots. So they put on the glasses and they go like, oh, wow, <laughs> everything's so clear. And the thing that really got that infomercial going is it was during the early days of rap and a guy on the boardwalk picked up the glasses, put them on and sang a rap in real time about how blue blockers were so easy to see through, et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the video went viral, but this is back in the television days and you'd have to wait for it to be on (laughs) to watch it. But yeah. Joe Sugarman sold a billion dollars worth of sunglasses mm. um, with blue blockers. And if you fast forward a few years, I was speaking at an event because the first product I ever created was called the Internet Infomercial Toolkit. Mm. And I released it in 2003. Now, YouTube came out in 2005. So this literally came out before there was a YouTube. And I was showing people how to use video to sell stuff online and I completely adapted the television infomercial yeah and I modeled a lot of what I learned from Joe Sugarman but I met Joe and I was about to create the second version of the infomercial toolkit and I told Joe who I was and I said Joe I'd love to do a partnership if there's anything I can do for you if I can interview and he goes stop the answer is yes he said why don't you fly to Vegas and meet me? I'll pick you up at the airport, take you to my studio. You can interview me and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And I go, well, what do you want? He goes, I don't want anything. He says, I made plenty of money. I don't want money. I just love helping out young entrepreneurs. Wow. And my brain was like, tried to explode because I'm <laughs> yeah. so used to like, Accept it, what yeah. do I need to do for you? What do I need to do for you? What do I, and yeah. it's like you, you asking me to help you the answer is always yes. Yeah. And oh. I wasn't used to getting that kind of mentorship, but that's really how that product came to be is I just reached out to some of the old OGs of infomercials yeah. and asked for their help. And wow. every time they'd always say yes, yes, Incredible. and yes. And they gave me license rights to use their, their infomercials. They gave me scripts. They talked to me. Yeah. And, I, you know, I created a thousand dollar information product that made millions of dollars. Um, and I just sold it online, sold it with total seminars. There were no webinars. then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I find this fascinating, right? Because we're, we're looking at, you know, obviously we haven't been as close to like this experience as you have been right on time and, and uh, you know, in contact with those OGs that today mm-hmm. people like us, for example, it is really challenging to maybe get in contact with one of those guys because you know the the years of experience the filters that that go through right and uh, mm-hmm. so so th- this is incredible to to go look back and uh, just know like for example for us the the a big thing has been asking for the show right like everybody just like with you or with Todd or with Rich right it has been just like hey let's go ask right you never know what's gonna happen what's the worst that can happen they say no and then we're still in the same place and we ask again until they come to the show right <laughs> until we show up to the house and knock on the right, door right. but guess what the answer like more than likely is gonna be like yes right because people wanna help especially people that are at that level there's a lot of people that are learning mm-hmm. and, and I think people take 
that for granted or they assume the normally the worst scenario possible and then they freeze to do that right so something that has helped yeah. us produce um and and evolve with with content is profit has been you know we call it table face right we're like yep. just go and ask for for what you want right and then from there we're gonna get an answer either, either a yes or a no right either way we win because if it's a no we know what direction to take after that so it's um i, I love the fact that this shows up also in your story and i'm sure not not a, not only in this case but so many and let this be a lesson right for those that are listening be like hey go and ask knock on the doors right like be out there be present for those opportunities and you know yeah. like Fonzie say the extrovert theory right be out there put yourself out there so you can attract those opportunities yeah i mean what i see here on uh, you asking them for this mentorship i related so much to the podcasting industry nowadays in in certain platforms for certain people, right? For example, for us, it has been that way, right? It has been a great way for us, not just to build an audience, but make the, the right connections, right? I mean, who wouldn't know we would we were going to be here with you, Mike, talking, right? That is an incredible opportunity for not only us to learn, but at the same time, share your message with many other people that can learn as well for you. So I think the concept, the principle has stayed the same, but now the platform and the technology allows for it to distribute it in, or, or to happen in a very yeah. different way. And I'm extremely curious, right? I mean, you mentioned that this was uh, 85 when Joe Sugarman released this and then the upcoming years you started, you know, asking for their mentorships. How has it changed, right? Because I do see a little bit of, and this is just my own perspective, kind of like the marketplace getting a little bit clogged with, you know, uh, sales talking about copywriting and people talking about these topics, but how has it changed throughout these years? Well, um, I want to just, I'm going to tell you that nothing's changed except I think the world's gotten lazy, mm -hmm. complacent, and samey. And so I'm going to sound like an old boomer for a second, even though I'm not a boomer, I'm not a Gen X. I, I fit solidly in the nothing, okay? I don't have a generation to speak of. Um, but, like, I listen to most music these days, and it all got simple and samey. There aren't, in my experience, great a lot of great songwriters mm -hmm. um, and great performers. It's like, ooch, 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 <laughs> ooch, you know, um, yep. music. Punky, punky. And How if you come? look at social media, social media is a bunch of ooch, ooch, ooch. It's fake boobs, mm. fake lips, fake butts, and fake, fake, fake. Yep. And uh, we always hear authenticity matters, but the mm. people who are mm. professing authenticity are fake as hell, telling you what they think you need to hear, what you want to hear. Not what's real, yeah. yep. and and so, um, you know, if what great direct response is, is it's crafting a message that nails your audience and speaks to them. It's a movie starring the viewer or the listener, with them as the hero, and they're trying to convince you or you're trying to convince them that you should be their guide, their Gandalf, their their. Uh, their Yoda, their Jesus, their Muhammad, their whomever to yep. lead them to the promised land yeah, and yeah. either meet the prince or rescue the princess, slay the dragon and live happily ever after. That That is yeah. the eternal Joseph Campbell story. Yep. Now, in the case of like, if you think about it, how did you guys get attention of whether it's Rich Sheffrin or Todd Herman or whoever you interview, whether it's me, it, it's you have the guts to reach out and you gave me a story that I said yes to participating in. Mm. And, and nowadays everyone is reachable and the, the illusion that people are less reachable just means it's less reachable for those who are uncreative. Mm. Who Anyone who is an ooch, 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 ooch and a fake butt, <laughs> fake boob, fake tit, <laughs> fake uh, lip, world you are going to be ignored because you're same 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 and boring 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 yep and you know if you want to get someone's attention when everything's ooch 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 then play some country music you let's know? go and, and Two you know, like little little nas x did something 
that shocked yeah. the world in a way. He was a crossover. Now mm. he's at the point, frankly, he went way off the edge, and now he lost most of his followers, in my opinion. You know, I'd be like, yeah. whoa, you know? Yeah. Depends yeah. how far you skid off the tracks. Yeah. yeah. But um, he did everything right, and he got a player behind him. You know, he went out and he partnered. He created a collaboration with some of the most popular artists in the world with something truly unique. Yeah. And they were like, I want to be part of this. I yeah. get it. Right. Absolutely. And so. Um, you just got to be resilient and innovative and and switch things up. Yeah. And and you have to really learn to ignore what's samey. And I just read a couple uh, like an hour ago that TikTok is officially over uh, taken over listening time yeah. over YouTube. Wow. OK. Yeah. Well, on one hand, that's great. And I'll tell you what, if you want to be unique and different, don't watch TikTok. <laughs> okay? I now, know. it's like wherever the lemmings are going to me, that's where death is next. <laughs> and I avoid crowds at all costs because if you want mm. to get, you know, someone's going to come along and, and drop a bomb or light everyone on fire. And I don't want to be in a giant group unable to escape. So I go where no one is. If a crowd's moving in one direction, you can be rest assured I'm running in the exact opposite direction. Yeah. And I yeah. started running the moment I saw the the masses move in one direction. So yeah. um, that would be my answer is if you are a lemming, then you're probably going to fail at direct response marketing. You need to be an outcast. Yeah. You need to feel like oh. an alien. You need to feel mm. like it's us versus them and be part of the rebellion, not the empire. Um, oh, I love, I love, I love all these movie references. By the way, they're absolutely <laughs> yeah. amazing. Um, I, I think uh, right now with what you're saying, right? Because I feel so identified, right? Like I remember, <laughs> I, I remember, I remember a moment at school, and even like, I mean, most of our life, I think we've. We've been outcasts in in a, in a different sense, right? We always wanted to be professional soccer players, right? So we were the the guys that would stay in to go play the next day, right? Like it was very different, like when we were we were the only Venezuelans in 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 Europe in our group when we were there, right? So then we come to the states and we're on soccer scholarship with it with the international guys, like mindset wise too. It was like we're not where everybody wants to be, and 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 as we go there, right? I remember thinking, why why do I feel this way? Like why do I why, why am I feeling like uh, confused, right? I think confused is the right word, right? And then nobody like came to me and be like, dude, you're in the right path. Like ch chill, relax, like you mm -hmm. are okay. You will figure this out, right? And, uh, and as we start developing like the business, like we've shared many, many times that this has been an incredible growth experience, right? Personally and, and in the business side of things, like we never knew how big of a roller coaster this thing is, right? And oh, we're yeah. like excited to be here. My wife is like, he, she doesn't understand. She was like, dude, you're insane. Go get a job. Like stop, stop this roller coaster, right? But at the same time is what makes us feel alive. When we started publishing, right? Like we're like, oh, we're, st we're finding all these outliers as well that are crushing, that are having an incredible life. They went through all their stuff, all their shit, but at the same time, they are so happy. They're fulfilling, they're helping, they're serving, right? So thank you for saying that because, you know, over 200 episodes, I don't think anybody has been that clear. And as you're telling that story, I'm like, I, I, I feel okay, right? Not that I wasn't, but I feel okay, more okay now. And I want to acknowledge that for the listener because there might be some people in there that really feel like an outcast and yep. just know that you're on the right path. Yeah, Mike's showing us here. So thank you uh, for that. There's yeah. there's one word I want to relate this to. I know that you have a question, but can, do you give me permission, uh, Fonzie? Yeah, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I mean, I'm all inspired. Mike. <laughs> all right. So at the beginning of the, of the of your story, you mentioned leverage, right? And you mentioned uh, your dad. Like I identified that my dad didn't have enough leverage, and that has been a, a word that means a lot for us, which mm -hmm. we've used many times to get people on the show to to start relationships, right? Um, and personally for me, when I first started, I, I felt a little dirty using leverage, right? I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we talked about a few people about this, right? But in your words, what is leverage and what has done for you? For us has been nothing but positive, right? And it completely changed my perception around, around that word, right? So, um, what does it mean to, to do that? Because some of this that you've shared has an element of leverage. Yes. <clears throat> well, let's explain first of all, what, what it, what leverage isn't and and uh how to remove the dirty word or the feeling that leverage is bad from your vocabulary and your brain forever so in the case of um my dad growing up 
So he's got a family of four. He grew up very, very poor on a little farm in Iowa. And for all practical purposes, he, he was the youngest boy. So he was expected to stay home and take care of the farm. And he wound up becoming an indentured servant to his uncle, who was abusive and mean and basically made him a slave. And my dad joined the military to escape the farm. Mm. And um, and he was really short. He was like five foot tall. Um, and he didn't he didn't grow to five, six, which is the tallest he ever was on his best day ever um, until he was in his 20s. So. Just imagine this poor um, kid from Iowa, five foot tall, um, as more or less a little slave on uh, on this little farm, mm. and hard worker, great, just a really good person, but yeah. a man of the earth. You know, you yeah. wouldn't he you wouldn't meet him and go, what a genius or something. Um, he was uh, he could dance, he could sing, he was entertaining and funny you know that's how he yeah. made up for being a little kid yeah but um he ended up going into the mil military and while he was there he started playing guitar he became a very good entertainer he also um led a boy scout troop he was an eagle scout with mm. back when it being a boy scout didn't mean either being an abused or being an abuser but uh when it really gave uh young men uh yeah possibility and potential and it also, uh, he started cutting hair. So uh, here he is in the military, and he found a way to make some extra money, which in a way is a little bit of leverage. Yeah. But he came home, got his um, barber's license, and got a job, and eventually took over the shop and ran it. Yeah. But, you know, a haircut was worth about five bucks. And on your best day, you could maybe squeeze in three haircuts an hour. Okay, if you're going to have a relationship with the person in the chair. Mm. And if you worked eight hours, you know, when you had a booked calendar, that's 24 times five bucks, you know, mm. you're making 75 bucks a day, which, you know, maybe 100 bucks a day was good in, at, at that point. Yeah. yeah. But it's not a lot of money to feed a family of four and have a house and, 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 you know, yeah. You know, yeah. My mom was a housewife. Mm. So, um, now, what he started doing, though, to gain a little leverage is he found out how to create hair pieces. So it's basically men's yeah. wigs before they had implants or yeah. um, and everything else you do today. So then you could custom cut these things and fit them and make a couple hundred bucks. So hmm. if he'd do a hair piece or three a week, yeah. you know, he'd double his income. And he could make as much in an hour doing a hair piece as he would all day cutting yeah. 24 heads yeah right wow and um like this guy got up every day that i can remember at 6 a.m made a cup of pot of coffee got in his pickup drove to work came home had a drink and fell asleep in the chair you know that was the vision i had of my dad yeah. now i give you that extended long story to create a frame okay yeah. so leverage to me is on one hand yeah if you can leverage your time to earn more in less time like he did mm. he got it now he also was the the building inspector for our town the city clerk he also sharpened scissors he did handyman work like this guy was always busy but yeah. at the expense of the relationship with his kids yeah. and my mom yeah. right that ain't leverage that's negative leverage okay there's yeah. so so this is more than making money now, true leverage historically has been buy some rental properties and upgrade the place. So maybe you buy it for 200 grand, um, upgrade it. So the bank says it's now worth 350, pull out the 150,000 because the thing's increased in value and use that money to buy another property all while you generate um, enough rental income to pay the bills and maybe a little extra, you know, you get 10 yep. of those things going Yeah. where yeah. Um, now you're that in that case, you can be leveraged. Meaning if the market takes a dump, you're screwed. Okay. Mm. That's bad leverage, <laughs> but it, but a good leverage is when the market keeps on going up. Or if let's say the three of us decided, Hey, we've got an idea to create a little software company and we're going to leverage 
mm-hmm. our listeners, our viewers, and our followers, maybe there's a hundred, maybe there's a thousand who'd each pay a hundred or a thousand dollars a month. Well, you know, the the way you make money is a thousand times a thousand is a million. So if you had a thousand yeah. customers paying you a thousand dollars a month, that's a million bucks a month, baby doll. You know? <laughs> Let's go. And there's no such thing as passive income when it comes to software. You got to have a team. You got to have developers. You got to, yep. there's going to be a risk. What happens if your credit card company blows up one day? <laughs> but at least on the surface, yeah. you know, the passive income, passive income is a form of leverage, but there's always a price for it, right? It's either mm. lifestyle, yep. risk. So I think leverage is to me a better phrase is balanced leverage. That's when. Mm. It's risk, acceptable risk, enough upside without harming your lifestyle, your quality of life, or your relationships. Yeah. Mm. And so, um, again, that was a long-winded explanation, but I think balanced leverage in a form of passive income with an upside where you can sell the asset someday. Mm. In the case of if you built a software company, one of the things that I had going for me is I had two software companies after I sold Digital Cafe, and um, I got multiples on that. Meaning, I got if you're in if you've got a really good software company, and let's say it's generating five million dollars a year, and half of that's profit, so two and a half million of its profit. Well, if that's recurring revenue, yeah, to a private equity firm, they might give you ten or twenty-five times mm. your your EBITDA, yeah. okay, yeah. which for all practical purposes, we'll call it your your profit. Yeah. So imagine getting 10 times $2.5 million or hmm. 20 times $2.5 million. Yeah. That's what I call a good day in the office. Honey. <laughs> uh, it might have been 10 years to get there. But yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so that, is, that is a place of leverage. If you can be building something, earning money, doing it without too much risk and getting huge multiples. Which, wow. I love that. I love that definition, you know, um, of balanced leverage, which is enough risk, uh, good upside, and that doesn't hinder your personal life, right? And I think that's where most people fail when they go into entrepreneurship is they they expect they need to sacrifice, right, certain aspects of their life to make it up in other sides particularly in the business, right? And I, I felt that way myself, honestly. You know, I felt, um, I have a, a girlfriend and I felt sometimes that I'm like, oh, well, I need to sacrifice my part of my relationship to dedicate to the business, right? Maybe I need to rethink rethink certain things on like, okay, are the activities that I'm doing, uh, you know, do they have the right upside? And that is something we've actually seen that is like, huh, maybe we just need to eliminate a few of these things from the table so we can focus on the right things, right? That are going to move us forward. And when we're talking about balanced leverage, the one thing that, that comes to mind, Mike, is what you told me when we first talked behind the scenes, right? Our first conversation that is like, you were like, I decided to leave everything so I could help people. So I could help people, you know, build their own empires, be the best that, that they can be, right? And when you're talking about balanced leverage, I'm like, huh, this is probably what he's trying to teach him, right? He's trying to teach them how to be able to live their life while building a successful business with good upside, right? So then we can have a, a good day at the, at the job, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, good day at the office. At huh? the office, good day at the office, right? So I, I, I wanna go there, right? Because I know you have sure. some incredible case, to- case studies. You've helped incredible amounts of people but I'm also particularly interested and fascinated, honestly, how you managed to get these people so much attention from the market, whatever they are, right? And again, now attention is one of the most important currencies in the, it, you know, that we, that we can aim for, right? We want attention so then we can turn that into, into the business. So how do we do this? What, what is, obviously we're not, we don't have the time to, go fully detail but i'm curious about this process that that you left everything for sure well let me um i'm gonna answer a different question but i think i'm gonna get us to the the answer because what i i want to do is say i will give you a case study on how 
I helped build very rapidly build an entire platform for someone who no one knew who they were. He literally he had no social media platform, no website. Um, no one had ever heard of him before. And then we created a brand, made him a best-selling author, created an entire platform, generated over a million dollars in less than eight months, and it's turned into a multi-million dollar business to this day. Okay. Wow. I will promise to go down that rabbit hole in a moment. And the story is the lifestyle investor, Justin mm -hmm. Donald. I'll use him as an example. Let's go. But before I get there, <clears throat> and also tell you another one where we worked with a financial advisor and created a one-man comedy show that now is going to be going national and yeah. it will most likely be a television show and a series as well okay so hmm. it'll be like so taking something that historically is super boring and making it really interesting yeah but before i will just say here's what i find the typical entrepreneur's journey is so like i think a lot of entrepreneurs not all but many come from uh a tough life they're kind of poor lower middle class not great at school you feel like the outcast like i say mm -hmm. um you know the movies to refer to in the 80s were like revenge of the nerds ferris bueller's <laughs> yeah. day off yeah luke skywalker and star wars um war games that if you've mm -hmm. ever heard of that or seen it yep. but they're all like the outcast the nerd and i remember the moment i heard my nephew talking about how if you talk to girls his age and this is a couple of years ago they didn't go they weren't rooting for the football star uh homecoming king of yesteryear now they're looking for bill gates they were going <laughs> for the nerds and i huh. thought hell yeah <laughs> you know the world's finally changed, you know, and, and I know growing up it'd That's be like, if you were the smart guy, if you're hanging out with the computers, game over, no chick <laughs> wanted you, you know, <laughs> you might as well just cover yourself in BO spray. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but you know, the world's changed in that regard, but the, the pathway that, that we take as entrepreneurs a lot of time is this, I don't want to be poor anymore and I want my freedom. I'm never going to flip another burger, rake another lawn, mow another. I don't want to be like everyone else yeah. trying to get away from that factory job or whatever factory means. Yeah. And I'll do anything to get out of that. Oftentimes at the expense of your health, your relationships, um, and whatever else, right? It's just like you put your head down and it's very easy to wake up one day, 20 years later and your kids don't know who you are. Your wife hates you or has long left you. You're fat. You've got an alcohol problem. And uh, yeah, you won the prize. You finally got the money. And you realize along the way your values changed. All the things you thought were so important, when you get them, you realize the stuff that mattered was the stuff that you destroyed along the way. Hmm. And, um, and that's so typical that what I've found is oftentimes um, after you hit your big win and then you grind and grind because it's like, well, what if that was luck? You start doubting yourself mm. and think that maybe you can't do it again. So now you'll you push yourself again. OK, and some people risk it all and they lose it all because the first time was kind of lucky. Right place, yeah. right time, right partners, right everything. Mm. And maybe they got unlucky the second time and lose it all. And then you got another monkey on your back. But um what i've found and what happened to me is i had built and sold five businesses along the way mm. i had cancer i almost died and mm. that was like and my marriage wasn't going great at the time i wanted out um i've got a 14 year old boy um even younger than that at the time let's see he's 19 right now eight he's 11 okay wow so and like i missed a lot of games because i was busy being busy and traveling and pitching and selling and blah 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 right yeah so um about three years ago after all this i couldn't get out of bed i was hardcore depressed i was anxious and i lost my courage i lost my drive and I was like, I hate my business. I felt like a bitch. You know, mm. it's like I got a lot of overhead. I got a lot of people work for me. 
I got a really complicated funnels. I'm advertising on Facebook and, and Instagram and everything else. And all my ads quit working. My funnels quit working. I'm losing a quarter million a month. Mm. And I hate everything. And I'm like hard depressed. Like I, I literally wanted to be dead. And at, and at the same time, I felt like I have no right to feel this way. I'm successful. I've lived the American dream. I got a place on the beach. I drive a fancy sports car. I'm married to a beautiful person. I got this kid. I have, I have, I have. And at mm. the same time, I'm feeling empty inside. Wow. And um, make a long story short, I shut everything down. I wound it down and I did it elegantly. I fulfilled every promise I had to make. I fulfilled all the contracts that I had signed, but I got through it. And it took about eight months to wind down. And I happened to find someone who bought my business and my products. Like things turned out, even though at first it looked like it was just going to be a $2 million disaster. Wow. And um, so I was really transparent though about what I was going through. And I told a lot of business owners, here's what's happening. I have to quit doing what I'm doing. And I want to do something that's narrow and deep and meaningful instead of wide and shallow to thousands of people. Yeah. And, um, and I had a bunch of people say, I feel exactly like you do. Will you help me as you go through it too? Mm. So suddenly I created a whole series of products and events around reinventing yourself. And just by changing my story and evolving, I became a different kind of leader. And then um, I started getting even more mentors. You know, I invested over a quarter million in myself, in my training, my education, and masterminds, and and therapy. Okay, yeah. You know, I got yeah. the full meal deal, and I designed a whole new business. And now it's about working with business owners who've reached that um that brass ring either they've hit all their goals and they realize it doesn't mean anything or yeah. the things i was striving for i outgrew a long time ago and i've been chasing a ghost yeah or oh. um or i'm ready to sell my business but what am i gonna do next okay so so i'll kind of put a book note there it. see if you have any questions and then i'll tell you about the story about building celebrity yeah. but doing it from an authentic way that that feeds your soul you know it's like it's what i think is the usually the last major evolution every business owner founder and entrepreneur goes through after they've hit that brass ring they've accomplished what they've accomplished yeah yeah uh but by, by the way i'm just gonna put that uh, there sake of time part two uh, <laughs> doors are always open so like so we can continue with these stories but like we we can go straight into it right because i mean as you were telling these stories i feel like everybody listening right now mm. they're going through something similar right like you're going through this and i, I was able to identify certain moments right Maybe not like you or as aggressive at you, but like we can learn from people like you. Be like, I don't want to get to that point, right? I don't need to get to that point, right? We got to be smart and, and learn from those stories of people that came before us. So um, I really appreciate sharing your journey and and, and we can we can continue. I don't know, unless Fonzie has another, yeah. I mean, another I, question, right? I just want to add, uh, you know, last guest we had here on the show, he was sharing about the ability of learning from the collective story, right? Learning from other people's story. And I really want you, the listener right now, to go back maybe three, four minutes and listen to this again because there's so many lessons. We don't have to experience the same pain to then take action, right? We can learn from somebody like Mike, right? That already lived that and he's willing to share his story, his message, and honestly, kind of like put your life on the line to teach people what to do and how to do it correctly. Yeah. So thank you. And yeah, I'm, I'm ready to dive in directly into the, the next part. <laughs> okay. So here's what I believe most people, either they evolve to and realize this is what they really want and need, or they... Um, often say what I really want to do is, and I'm doing this so that I can. Okay. Mm. And, and when you have those conversations, um, what typically happens is 
you know, someone will say, well, I really want to travel the world and I want to support a nonprofit and build a hospital or go back. Like they're motivated by some sort of philanthropic thing. Now, my wife has run a philanthropic organization called the Just Like My Child Foundation for 16 years. Mm, And uh, the very brief backstory is she her parents are Holocaust survivors. So she has almost no living relatives. Everyone got cooked in the ovens. Okay, they literally ran out of Yugoslavia when the Nazis were marching in and managed to get over here. And she was raised very poor. She was very abused growing up. And when she she just woke up in the middle of the night once and said, I got to go to Africa. I can hear the babies dying. I can hear them screaming. And, and there's a Holocaust happening and I'm not going to let it happen on my watch. Wow. Now the story is longer than that, but that's essentially the framework and started going there came back, started raising money and going back and building schools and hospitals and eventually created something called the Girl Power Project. Mm. But the point of my my story here is what oftentimes happens once you've tasted a certain amount of success and when you can afford a vacation, you find something that really speaks to your heart and your soul. And you'd be like, man, if I didn't have this business, I'd serve this thing instead, you know? Mm. It's like... I just need to reach my FU number. I need to have enough money in the bank so I never have to work again and I can focus all my mm. energy on this. Yeah. And and the real thing to ask yourself is why not now? And what's the illusion that prevents you from living what your heart tells you, what your whole soul is telling you? And and that that is something that, again, our traumas, our old fear traumas of not being enough, not having enough get in our way. Yeah. And I'm not saying I've solved these. I've learned how to observe and put a container around and say, I recognize you, you little demon. (laughs) Um, Okay. It still bothers me. Yeah. But at least I know it when it's nagging me. Exactly. And I know how to put it in a box. Okay. Yeah. So here's, here's how the story unfolds. So once I went through my own dark night of the soul and realized I had to literally liquidate everything like i Mm. sold or gave away everything i had like 30 years of um, unbelievable books i had this huge book bookshelf i just gave it all away i didn't want to have anything i wanted to just get rid of everything i had this huge studio yeah shut it down gave everything away or sold it and i wanted to just move towards minimalism it was because i was a bitch to all the things that i owned because they own me right Mm. And, and again, this is something that's a very common evolution. But when I started talking like I am right now, being really open about the failures I'd made and yeah. where, where I think I had spent years not understanding what really matters, I, uh, <clears throat> right after I sold the last business, I took a trip with a small group of business owners to Fiji. And I met a guy on that trip. We ended up meeting each other, having great rapport. Yeah. And his name's Justin. And my first impression is, wow, what a nice CPA this guy is. <laughs> and then the more I asked him questions, I, I found out that he, um, I said, what do you do? And he goes, well, I'm a cash flow investor. I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? And he goes, well, I don't have a regular job anymore. Um, I have enough investments that I produce enough passive income. I don't need to work and my wife doesn't need to work. Hmm. And I'm like, tell me more. You know? <laughs> and, and, and he goes, well, I used to work at Cutco Nice. My, my wife was a school teacher. My busiest time of the year was summer and her off time was summer. So we didn't see each other. And we got the seven year old girl. Wow. And, um, so I decided to start investing and my goal was to generate enough passive income so she could quit and spend all her time with her daughter and then be with me when I had time off. And as soon as I accomplished that, I decided to do it for me. So I had to replace $65,000 for her income at first, about 150 for his. Wow. And then from there, the momentum happened. Yeah. And I said, have you ever written a book? He goes, no. I go, do you speak? No, but I'd like to. Uh, do you have a website? No, but I want one. Do, would you like to create a product? Yes, I'd love to, but I don't know where to begin. I go, well, you just met the right guy. Yeah, I go. So I gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. And uh, we did basically what I do now, which is yeah. we created a platform. So we created a whole brand. We call it the Lifestyle Investor. We wrote the book. Mm. 
ended up bringing in specialists to do all the finishing, but we created yeah. effectively like the outline, the framework, the branding. Yeah. Um, and then we got a great web person. He started a podcast, but we created a $250,000 offer to work with him one-on-one -on -one where he teaches you what he does. Yeah. A $50,000 a year mastermind. And he did have a really good network. And um, I, I introduced him to his first $250,000 client, which is a guy I knew who is wealthy, want, was looking for someone to mentor him so he could generate passive income yeah. Yeah. and help him with all this planning and strategies. And, um, and then he just started reaching out to people and saying, hey, I'm starting this mastermind. Would you like to learn? And then basically the offer we created, it got a whole bunch of people to say yes right away. Incredible. Incredible. So from zero, no visibility, no list, no anything to over a million dollars in revenue and a Wall Street Journal number one bestseller Let's and go. a USA Today bestseller Let's and go. an Amazon bestseller Let's go. in less than eight months. It was it was extraordinary. And wow. and now his brand is just crushing it. Okay. Yeah. And he, he told me the other day, I, I don't think you'll mind me saying this, but he's got three people who have $250,000 each. So $750,000 want him to mentor them one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, if I take them on, I won't be holding true to a lifestyle investor lifestyle. Wow. Okay. Wow. He goes, I'd love to have the 350 or the $750,000, but I don't need it. And I'd rather have my quality of life, my connection with my wife and my daughter. Wow. Yeah. Now that my friends, is success yes absolutely right when you have the willingness and ability to say no to the money know it's there anytime you want it but you've hit that point where the things that matter most are the things that matter most and you know you can have impact and you've got a platform and now he's got the ability to because of his podcast, he can pretty much interview any billionaire he wants to reach out to. Yeah. And, you know, not long ago, he would have said, I'm nobody. I don't have anything. I, I don't, I'm not worthy of even asking. How am mm. I going to, he's asking all these how questions. And I just said, you will live into your brand. And all that is, is a story away. Yes. And you've already got the stories. It has to be assembled in a way that resonates. And we have to give it a package. We have to give it a name, something that's unique, what I call a category of one. Let's go. And yes. so that's that illusion we live under is I'm not worthy and who am I? And I'm, a, you know, it's the, what do they call the uh, uh, imposter syndrome, imposter right? Syndrome. Yep. Famous. We're all imposters <laughs> until we're not. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're, we're speechless right now, Mike. That was um, so, an incredible, I mean, not just case studies, you know, just the story itself, yeah, you know, yeah. the way I've noticed throughout this whole conversation, every time you start with the stories, right? Create this frame. And I think that makes it so, no, no, so much more impactful than what it is because it is by itself extremely impactful. You just help people comprehend it even better, right? And I, I love everything that you talked about, that category of one, which, by the way, you have a video about that. I think it's on YouTube that is absolutely amazing with the yeah. example of the oh, songwriter. Uh, I love that video. So go check it out, guys. We're going to leave it in the links below. But... Also, we're going to have to send this clip to Justin, if you, know, if you don't mind those. We're like, hey, dude, look at look yeah, yeah. this. My, you know, Mike is sharing yeah. your amazing story. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. Mike, uh, yeah. time to wrap up. I think like this, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for, for your time. We have two quick questions uh, to leave you know, the audience. So first of all is what is something that somebody that's in the middle of their transition to the entrepreneurial world, right? Or they're starting out as an entrepreneur and they're, they're publishing, they're getting through, you know, the, the, the emotions is a little hard for them to like put their voice out there. What is something that they can do today to get that momentum and continue to evolve? Well, I, I happen to believe that um, the most important thing is remember you're in the transformation business, not the transaction business. So um, 
the first transformation is usually going to be your own or it needs to be the story of someone you've helped the impact you've created and you craft a story about social proof so i just told you a story of transformation which is the um justin donald lifestyle investor transformation mm -hmm. no we didn't have time for this but i have another one it's by a guy named charlie epstein who is this boring like he'd say i'm a boring white old jewish guy <laughs> he goes and i'm a financial advisor you don't get any more boring than that <laughs> and we created a play called yield of dreams yes um so he's the only financial advisor in the world with a one-man show now all right Let's we made go. it up and the way mm. we made it up is i hired three professional stand-up comedians working comedians at least up until um 18 months ago yeah. who were on stage telling jokes and making a living doing it because i wanted someone who's hungry in the trenches yeah and we took his stories and turned it into a play and now it's an app it's a play it's educational training videos wow. it's um uh, an entire platform and he just sold his business so he's going to go on the road and and introduce people to and help heal their pain about money which in turn will get them to raise their hands and say, who do I want to manage my money except this guy? Cause he's a freaking genius. Okay. Yeah. Him and his team. Yes. So what a way to be unique. And I tell you that story because that's another one of my transformations. Yeah. Now it takes a while when you're just getting started to figure out what resonates with an audience, what resonates with your perfect clientele. But my advice is learn how to storytell, pay attention to stories and learn how to tell stories either about yourself in a way that an audience resonates with, meaning it's not about you, it's about them. Um, tell a story about someone you've helped and talk about what their before, during and afterlife is like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. That is the core of what great marketing, direct response marketing is. It's what are the fewest words someone needs to hear to raise their hand and say, I've been looking for someone like you my whole life. Let's go. So the answer to the question is storytell. Secondly, go narrow and deep with expensive offers, not cheap and narrow or cheap and wide. Um, selling to a lot of people is a hell of a lot harder than selling to the right one. Hmm. That was, uh, what, what, what minute do people need to go back to so they can put uh, this part on repeat? 53, 53, guys, go again, right. go again, because that was a, a golden boulder moment. You got your helmet, <laughs> Fonzie? Okay, yes. good. Uh, Mike, thank you again. Incredible, incredible value. Mm -hmm. uh, last question, right? Like, we know that you've been in media, that you, you build your own studios. We talk a little bit behind the scenes, right? You've been in this role. Like, where will you be if you did not publish? Hmm. Well, um... I think um, where would I be if I wasn't publishing? Yes. Um, God. You know, I love media so much. So in the past, for many years, I was the guy behind the camera, okay? Mm. I didn't think I was worthy. I was running the cameras. I was running the mix boards, doing the audio and the production. And I think there was a moment when I started to speak and it was during like the infomercial toolkit days when I realized I could teach more effectively, I could present and perform more effectively. And I had watched so many people and studied them that I was better than the people I was working with and working for, and I could articulate faster. So um, I think what I've been told by a couple of friends of mine who are multi-billionaires who followed my career over the years, and they've said what they think I should be doing or should have done, which in a way I'm kind of doing now, is find some people who've got the chops, have the charisma, and develop them as talent. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I started thinking about doing that for a while, but the, I realized I didn't want to take like a newbie with no platform and build it from scratch because it'd take too long and there'd be risk and it'd be my risk. 
Yeah. And that's why I changed my business model up to work with successful business people yeah. who had yeah. all of the chops, but could also write a check. Yes. Because mm. like, I think at this point, um, you know, I, I'm not at my absolute financial goal, but I'm not that far from it. And if I wasn't like when I work, I, I go all in and I work hard. But if I'm not working, I'd rather be on my e-bike riding around the, <laughs> the bay in San Diego and, yeah. uh, you know, having adult beverages or spending my time <laughs> on a beach in Mexico. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't need more stuff to do. Yeah. And if I'm going to work, I'm going to make money. And, and I <laughs> either have to be the talent or I got to be working with someone and they're going to write out a check. Yeah. And it's not about the money, but it's also the energetic value exchange. Yeah. So yeah. It's not about the money, but if there isn't a payoff and it's not ongoing, I'd, I'd rather just dream. And I'm a good dreamer. You know, I like inventing and manifesting, yeah. but um, I'd rather just not think about the money at all and just manifest and dream, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's a long-winded, it. complicated answer to your question, but I think there's a lot of nuance to it, too. Yeah. And, yeah. and thank you, Mike, uh, for the honesty, right? And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I was the reason we ask these questions, right? A lot of people, our life changed when we started publishing, like from a Facebook live that we did at 1130 PM, right? Like that's what changed everything. And we're like, this is it. And then yeah. the show started and then we connected with people like you and then we developed relationships and the business grew. We were able to hire people. We're like, what? So we've seen, we've lived that, right? And, and, and we want the people that are here listening to content is profit to be like, it's not just us guys. It's literally every single person that comes in here. We got to put our voices out there. We got to, you know, share our stories. Like you said, you know, is about our audience and this needs to happen, right? Because we were those guys, we were the ones feeling like as, uh, as imposters, right? Even now there's some moments mm -hmm. where we're like, man, should we do this? Right. And, and it's, it's not going to stop. But the fact that we are being out there every single day, publishing and, and having these conversations is what's keeping us accountable to continue to move forward. Right. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for sharing the story. Mike, where, where can people connect with you? Where can people find you? If they want to work with you, if they want to chat, like what's the best way? Sure. Well, you mentioned a couple of videos, so I'll give you a couple to check out. Um, one of them is if you just go to my primary website, it's it's my name, MikeKanigs.com, or a shortcut that's easier to remember and spell is PaidForLife.com. Um, there's two things you can grab. One of them is subscribe to my podcast. That's a great way to kind of follow me. I do a podcast with one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. Yeah. But if you go to paidforlife.com slash funnel, that's where you'll see um, one of my videos. It's it's my sales funnel. And in it is a step-by-step -step video where I storytell and I really follow my own advice because marketing, storytelling, building trust is a formula. The human brain loves formulas. And um, I spent a lot of time working on it. Now I'll be the first one to say, ah, if I change something, I change, mm -hmm. you know, I'm never happy with whatever I create, <laughs> but it's good enough for now. Yeah. But there's some really good transformations embedded. And I just say, model that for yourself. Yes. Um, and then of course, if you've got the, the means, you know, there's place you can register. Otherwise, if you follow follow my podcast. I've got lots of free videos, lots of free content on uh, YouTube. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of like in a place where um, I'm really expensive or there's tons of free stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I purposely Love don't it. do anything in between. Um, yeah. Maybe once in a while I, I will, but uh, you know, get on my mailing list and, and stay yeah. in touch or reach yeah. out to me and you'll find out. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, that, that represents what you were talking about before, right? The balanced leverage, right? You want something that is going to have that, that upside, right? The, the risk that you can manage and give you the life that you're enjoying living, which is, you know, riding the e-bike, having some, some drinks once in a while. So Thank you for sharing that. I love how everything connects is full circle. And I am sure that person listening right now took so much value from you, Mike. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank, 
Thank you, my young brothers. I'm really proud of you. Congratulations Thank on you. doing what you're doing. Um, uh, and I don't, I think we did talk about this. Um, you know, my wife and I are buying a place in Mexico. We're building a home down there. And Let's one of our see. visions is I'm going to build a studio down there. And also one of the ideas I have is to give a bunch of uh, young Mexican kids, some creatives, an opportunity to work Incredible. and create a business yes. and, and mentor them. Um, yes. I, uh, I love I love the culture. I love the people. I love the fire and the spirit, and um, yeah. And I happen to just love love everything about being down in the Baja too. So. Let's go. Uh, yeah, and, and gotta be you. in a warm place, right? <laughs> let oh, us know. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. We'll come down, uh, be a translators, and uh, you know, party with you guys. Uh, thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it, man. That it's such a powerful vision, such a powerful story. There's so many more like years to come, and I can't wait to see you know yeah. where you and, and the people that you help go. Uh, Fancy anything mm. else you want to add? No, again, just once more. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. And yeah, I think we are ready for part two eventually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe Mexico. Let's go. Gracias, amigos. Yes, yes. Let's go. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if Mike here today helped you move one step closer to your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye, guys.